you're listening to the Lovely Bee Podcast, where it's our mission to inspire and empower each woman to become the person God created her to be so she can fully embrace her vocation as wife and mother with joy, peace, and thanksgiving. I'm Stephanie Roth. Thanks for joining me. Hey, lovelies, and welcome to the Lovely Bee Podcast, Episode 7. So today on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about a different kind of Advent. Now what do I mean by different? Well, I'm not in any way saying that I am departing from church's traditions and teachings, but what I am saying is that I'm approaching Advent in a different way than I feel I ever have before. Advent is the time our dear Mother Church has set aside to prepare our hearts for Christmas. So what do we do? We break out our nativity scenes, trim our evergreen trees, and sing away in a manger. But what I feel I failed to realize, or at least emphasize in the past years, is the timelessness of the church's celebration of Advent. Yes, we read about the promise of the Messiah to Israel and the prophets, and we hear the familiar gospel narratives of the birth of Christ, and we meditate on the incredible miracle and gift of the Incarnation, God become man. And rightly so. However, leading up to Advent, the Church's liturgy highlights readings that speak of the final coming of Christ. I mean, the last great feast of the Church before the first Sunday of Advent is Christ, the King of the Universe. Now, this is Mother Church's way of telling us that, yes, Christmas is a time to celebrate the baby in the manger, but it is also a time to remember and reflect on the fact that Christ will come again. Are we ready? In years past, I've focused on preparing my heart to receive the Christ child at Christmas, And I remember specifically one Advent in college, I reflected on receiving the crucified, sacred heart of Christ as well. But this Advent, I'm really feeling called to prepare my heart and soul for the final coming of Christ. So what would this look like? If I had just the next couple weeks to get my life in order, what would I do? With the end in mind, I'm given a renewed perspective on what truly matters. First, I would seek silence. Now, before our second child was born, I had slowly gotten back into the habit of attending adoration once a week. And yes, the logistics of doing this, especially as a mom with young kids, can be tricky. I I get that, believe me. But... Reflecting on it, in the month or two that I had started this habit again, it began to produce pretty remarkable changes in my life. I tended to get less frazzled um, over, you know, just the day-to-day things with my children. I felt like I was more open and uh, comfortable communicating with my husband uh, about my feelings and, you know, what was going on with me um, 
personally and spiritually. And I felt more peace. Now, in adoration, silence isn't always comfortable, but it is necessary. And I found if you're uncomfortable in silence, and really even if you're not, um, it's good to pick up our Bible, you know, or even just search for the daily or Sunday readings. I've heard it said that when we pray, we speak to God. And we, when we read scripture, God speaks to us. And out of all the voices in our lives, how frequently do we really seek to hear His? When we sit in silence and hear His voice, we are reminded again how lovely He finds us. So I would seek silence more. I would also make it a higher priority, and I've been meaning to do this for quite a while now, to reflect on gratitude. And before I go even further, let me just say that if you are in a season of life where it is really, really hard to think of or to feel grateful for anything, I've been there. I think we all have at some point or another. But the fastest way out of this season is to just keep practicing. I mean, I've had days when all I could muster was to be thankful for my morning cup of coffee. But I've found that when I start focusing on things to be grateful for, at least trying to, I stop focusing on how bad I feel or, you know, how impossible a certain family situation seems to be or that last fight that I had with my husband. When I focus on what to be grateful for, I get out of my own head and the unproductive negative feedback loop that just traps me and sends me even further down the path of misery. (laughs) And I'm reminded of what truly matters in life. I recently saw on my Facebook feed this great video. Uh, It went viral apparently a couple years ago. Uh, But it's a video made by a family somewhere in uh, Charlotte, I think. Um, but anyways, it's, uh, just about this family waking up and, uh, unwrapping, you know, all, all of the ordinary things, shoes, their morning cup of coffee, um, you know, electricity and even clean running water. Uh, but anyways, it's, it's fabulous. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, it's just a really great pick me up. I love the the laugh of the dad in the the video too. It's just, it's just contagious. (laughs) He does a really good job at being hysterical over uh, how grateful he is for, again, all the ordinary things, which is what we should all feel, right? Next, I would love my husband. (laughs) Now, I know that sounds funny even just saying it, and I'm not saying that I don't already have tremendous love for my husband, Uh, 
But I simply, I put it down because I simply want to keep this intention at the very forefront of my priorities. God has called me to the vocation of marriage, which means it is in and through growing in love with my husband that he wishes to sanctify me. Now, sanctification is not without struggle and sacrifice, but it also isn't without wonder and joy. Each of us can expect this in our vocation, whether we're consecrated religious or married. It is all part of God's beautiful dream for our lives and drawing us closer to Him. If God is love, then our destiny is to be completely consumed by love. That is what heaven is. And love is a reciprocal give and receive. By pursuing this in our vocation to our husbands, we are essentially being trained to enjoy the endless fruits of living in love. And this training isn't in the extravagant things. It's in the little things done for the sake of the other. A back rub, a note of encouragement, an evening spent without the kids, or delivering a fresh cup of coffee in bed. St. Therese of Lisieux has taught us that it's an art to do these small things with great love. And again, it's the ordinary way in which God has called most of us to become saints, but that doesn't make it any less meaningful or worthy or beautiful. And finally, I would teach my children about God. Now, fortunately for us Catholics, Mother Church has laid out the planner for us. The liturgical calendar is ordered to help show his unending love and the beautiful way in which he chose to come among us and save us. We simply have to look at the calendar and its feasts and welcome those into our homes and into our own traditions. But simply doesn't always mean easily, especially in this fast-paced, consumerist, secular culture. It takes some serious intentionality. And ladies, I am speaking to myself here too, that I really, really need to buckle down and be intentional about, again, looking at this calendar and marking out certain feasts that, you know, mean uh, a lot to us, whether there are confirmation saints or or namesakes, just different patrons who have made themselves known to us, like I was uh, talking about Blessed Pure Giorgio Forsati the other week. These children that we're raising... They've been given to my husband and I, but only for a time. They were God's children first, before they were ours, and it's our duty as their parents to always lead them back to Him. That's why celebrating the liturgical year is so worthy of such intentionality, of the extra work that goes into it. I'm trying to tell myself, too, that it doesn't have to be some elaborate production of a 
special meal that I make or setting up a craft for the kids when they're older or something. It could be just as simple as lighting a candle and saying a prayer and saying, hey, it's, you know, it's St. Dominic's feast day today, Dominic, you know. But just to really welcome the saints and the seasons into our lives. Now, notice the list of priorities of these things that I reflected on that I would I would work on um, for to prepare my heart and soul for Christ's coming. Again, there were seek silence, reflect on gratitude, love my husband, and teach my children about God. Now again, the list of priorities self care, spouse, children. I have to admit I didn't first think of these things in this order. Like most moms, I first thought of my kids. But when our priorities are properly ordered, a beautiful ripple effect can occur. Our relationship with God should be the most important thing on our minds, on our hearts. In that relationship that we have with Him will ultimately strengthen our relationship with our spouse which will then be the most powerful witness and example to our children. So that's why this Advent, I'm taking a different look at preparing for Christ. I'm not just preparing to welcome the baby Jesus into my arms, although there's something really special about that, and I truly enjoy that part of this season, especially after having kids. But... I'm also preparing to, God willing, welcomed into the arms of Christ at the end of this life. I hope you are having a blessed Advent. Maybe this reflection can help kind of kickstart the remaining, what, two weeks that we have. I just want to take a brief moment to thank you for listening And if you're enjoying the podcast, to please subscribe. And also just sharing this with a friend if you feel like it would be beneficial to her journey as well. Please remember to check out my website at lovelybee.org or on Facebook, facebook.com slash lovelybee4610. You can also shoot me an email at lovelybee4610 at gmail.com. Until next time, know that you are lovely. Take care and God bless.